This morning, God's Word comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to begin our reading at verse 21 and then read just through verse 26 of this chapter. Matthew 5, beginning at verse 21, what we hear now is God's word. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back section of the Trinity Psalter hymnal to page 891 in the back section. This is Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 40, on the second column there, and that goes on to the next page. This morning I'll read for you questions 105, 106, and 107. From page 891, question 105, what is God's will for you in the sixth commandment? The answer, I am not to belittle, hate, insult, or kill my neighbor, not by my thoughts, my words, my look or gesture, and certainly not by actual deeds. And I am, to, I am not to be party to this in others. Rather, I am to put away all desire for revenge. I am not to harm or recklessly endanger myself either. Prevention of murder is also why government is armed with the sword. Question 106. Does this commandment refer only to murder? By forbidding murder, God teaches us that he hates the root of murder. Envy, hatred, anger, vengefulness. In God's sight, all such are disguised forms of murder. And then from the next page. Is it enough then that we do not murder our neighbor in any such way? No, by condemning envy, hatred, and anger, God wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves, to be patient, peace-loving, gentle, merciful, and friendly toward them, to protect them from harm as much as we can, and to do good even to our enemies. Well, we are continuing our study of the second table of the law of God. 
We've seen the law of God is divided into those two big tables. The first table dealing primarily with our relationship to God, and the second table dealing primarily with our relationship to our neighbor. And certainly, to this morning's command, the sixth command, is one of the most fundamental obligations we have to our neighbor. You shall not murder. And I think it's, uh, it's easy for us, when we think of that commandment, you shall not murder, to kind of give ourselves a bit of a pass on that one. You know, some of the other commands are difficult to keep. Last time we talked about honoring our parents. And there's some point in my life where I have not properly honored my parents. We're going to talk later in this series about lying. Certainly at some point in my life, I have, I have shaded the truth a bit. We're going to talk about coveting. Yes, there's still desire in my heart of things God has not given to me. But murder, murder, on this one, I feel pretty confident. I think I can say with a high degree of certainty, uh, there is no one here this morning who has taken up a weapon in anger and murdered their neighbor. And when we begin to think like that, we miss the point of Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, Jesus gives us, 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gives us an extended sermon on the law of God. A sermon really correcting their misunderstanding of the law. It was the Pharisees who sought to very narrowly circumscribe the commandments of the law, very particularly circumscribe the commands. And Jesus says, no, the law is much broader than that. Verse 21, you have heard it was said of old, you shall not murder whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And suddenly I'm not quite so comfortable anymore. Yes, it's true, I may never have taken up a weapon in anger and murdered anyone. But certainly I've been angry. I've been angry at things that happen around me. I've been angry for no reason. And, and Jesus says, that, that is the root of the command. So this morning we're going to look at that command, which may seem like the easy commandment, you shall not murder. And what does Jesus really teach us about this command and how we are to show our love to God by keeping the commands? In fact, that's the kind of the, the, uh, the tack that our Heidelberg Catechism takes in question 106. Does this commandment refer only to murder? The answer, by forbidding murder, God teaches us that he hates the root of murder, envy, hatred, anger, vengefulness. Now, when we talk about the root of murder being anger, if anyone is angry with his brother, not all anger is wrong. Not all hatred is wrong. There are some things we should hate. We should hate the sin still remaining in us. 
We should hate those sins which it is so easy for us to go back to once again. We should have a holy hatred for them. In fact, Lord's Day 33, we studied that a couple weeks ago, Lord's Day 33 says, I should hate my sin more and more. So not all anger, not all hatred is wrong, and certainly not righteous anger. When we are angry because, because our God is being mocked, when we are angry because God's name is not being hallowed, when we are angry because God is being disregarded, the psalmist in Psalm 139 says, Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? So when Jesus talks about not being angry, he's not talking about all kinds of anger. We should be angry at the sin remaining in us. We should be angry when God's name is, is not hallowed. What he's talking about is a vengeful anger. Not because there's been an offense against God, but an offense against me. I have been offended in some way by someone. And my response to that is a vengeful anger toward a person. This is the anger that Jesus is calling us to put away. I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Vengeful toward a person. And Jesus says, this is so important, we need to deal with this as a high priority in our life. Putting away that anger, putting away that, 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 that desire for revenge. Putting away that broken relationship. In fact, he says in verse 23, I'm always struck by this, 23. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, in other words, you're in worship. If you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and first go and be reconciled and then come and offer your gift at the altar. The priority for reconciliation, the priority for putting away this vengeful anger is so important that if we find ourselves in worship and we're being overcome with this revenge in our hearts, he says, leave. Don't come to God with that in your heart. Leave first, go be reconciled, put away that ungodly anger, and then come and worship, and then come and offer your gift. That we not hold anger, resentment, envy in our hearts towards brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have a, a practice as the office bearers of the church, an old, old practice in Reformed churches, the practice of what we call mutual censure. This is a time when we reflect upon our work as office bearers to give any admonitions or encouragements as needed so that we can, as brothers, not hold anything against each other, so that we can come to worship with an open heart to the brothers in the council, and that overflows to the brothers and sisters in the church. That's how important it is that we deal with this, this unrighteous anger that so often wells up within us. He says, verse 25, come to terms quickly with your accuser 
while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Deal with things, these things quickly. Even if you have to, to uh, humble yourself before your accuser, do what it takes to be reconciled, to put aside the unrighteous anger. Don't allow it to grow and to fester. Our confession helps us by spelling out what that might look like if that anger would be left unchecked. From question 105, what is God's will in the sixth commandment? That I not belittle, hate, insult, or kill my neighbor, not by my thoughts, my words, my look or gesture, and certainly not by actual deeds. We not kill our neighbor by our thoughts. So often our thoughts are where sin begins. We begin in the heart. We begin in the mind. It starts here. Anger toward a brother or sister in Christ. And if that anger is unchecked, it will continue to fester and to work itself up he says, don't allow that even to begin in your thoughts or in your words. Jesus talks about that in verse 22. He says, if you say, uh, uh, but I say to you, if you're angry with your brother, you'll be liable. Whoever insults, that's our words. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Because you see, thoughts so easily turn into words. We may harbor resentment in our heart, and at some point it will spill out in the things that we say. And that, that anger spilling out in our words is so harmful. It can break, it can kill relationships. Kids, maybe you've heard the, this little rhyme before. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's not true. That's not true, kids. Yeah, sticks and stones may break bones, but names, things that we say, can hurt even more than sticks and stones. Maybe, maybe you have a, a brother or sister who is kind of struggling in school and they have a test coming up and, and they're studying really, really hard and trying really hard to do well on their test and, and then they go and they take that test and it just doesn't come out as good as they had hoped. They don't do very well on their test and they come home and they say, you know, I just didn't do very well on my test and you say to them, well, that's because you're such a dummy. Those words hurt. They can kill a relationship. Those words spoken can break a relationship between brothers and sisters, between husbands and wives. Words spoken in anger can break a relationship almost to the point of being irreparable. Words spoken in anger can break a relationship between parent and child. We must be so careful not to harbor those angry thoughts and certainly not let them spill over into the words that we say. In our thoughts, our words, our looks or gestures, the looks that we give, the glaring stare, or the looks we refuse to give, 
Refusing to look at someone when they walk into worship. Refusing to shake their hand or give them a half-hearted handshake. These looks, these gestures are a further expression of what's inside of us. We must not be caught up in the thoughts, the words, the looks or gestures, and certainly, certainly not in the actual deed of murder. And we say, you know, that could never happen. But there are many examples in the Bible where a sin began in the heart and left unchecked, it would manifest itself in actions. Now we must be so careful that we live as God has commanded to, not even allowing the the anger to remain in our hearts, but praying that he would remove that from us, forgive us for that ungodly anger, and cleanse our hearts. Our, Our confession even goes beyond that in the last question of Lord's Day 40, where question 107 asks, is it enough then that we do not murder our neighbor in any of these ways, in our thoughts, in our words, in our looks, in our actions. No, it's not enough. By condemning envy, hatred, and anger, God wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we put away this ungodly action, we are called to put on godly action. We're called to love our neighbor in place of the anger, in place of the angry thoughts, in place of the evil words. Proverbs 15, verse 1, one of my favorite Proverbs, a gentle answer turns away wrath. We're to speak lovingly, gently toward those around us, even when they do try to to, to, uh, stir up that anger within us. Maybe kids, you're at home sometime and, and your brother or your sister just starts picking on you. They know what bothers you. They start picking on you. And your, your first idea is, I'm going to say something mean to them. I want to tell you what to do. Kids, if your brother or your sister is picking on you, I want you to turn to them and say, I'm so thankful God gave you as my brother or my sister. That's going to be really hard for them to keep picking on you. I'm so thankful God gave you as my brother or sister in a marriage relationship. When we are angry with our spouse, rather than responding with harsh words, I'm so thankful God gave me you as my spouse. Replace the harsh words, the evil words, the the killing words. Replace them with love care for each other in the words that we speak. Pray for one another. Uh, pray for God's blessing upon those who might be, uh, we'd be tempted to be angry toward them. I am convinced, I am convinced it is nearly impossible to hold anger in our heart toward someone and pray for God's blessing upon them. It is nearly impossible. Pray for those who might might rile us up to anger. Show love, show care for those around us. Pray for God's blessing on them. Pray for God's protection for them. Do this for the neighbors God has given to us. And the amazing thing we read, the very end of question 107, 
and do this even to our enemies. Now, maybe for a brother and sister in Christ, we could say, okay, I can, I can learn to do that for them. But what about my enemies? Jesus will teach later in the, the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter uh, 5, verse 43, you have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. This is not only for those whom we get along with, for brothers and sisters in Christ. These are those for who are our who are, are enemies. Care for them, pray for them, ask God to bless them. And you say, that's too much, that's impossible. No, nobody could do that. Praying for an enemy, being concerned about an enemy, wanting to do the best for an enemy. But that's exactly what God did for us. While we were his enemies, he came to us in his son Jesus Christ and showed us his love. I think of Paul's words in Romans chapter 5, where Paul says, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. How much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life? We were enemies. We were not seeking after God. We were not trying to please Him. We were His enemies. And He showed us the greatest expression of love in sending His own Son to come and take away the enmity between us, take away our sin and grant us his righteousness. That's the glory of what our God is in. This, Jesus says, if you do this for your enemies, you will be sons of your Father, because that's what he did. And he continues to do. The call of the gospel continues to go out. We hear that call once again this morning. Put away your hatred. Put away your enmity toward God. Confess your sin. Confess you have broken the law. And you will find your hope in Jesus Christ alone and know the glory of receiving the love and the grace and the mercy of God. That is his call to us today. The sixth commandment, you shall not murder. No, it's not the easy commandment. Perhaps one of the most difficult. It deals with what is in our heart, it deals with our words. It deals with our actions. We must be very careful that, that we pray that God, by His Holy Spirit, would continue to help us to grow in that godliness He calls us to. Because we have been redeemed, because we've been saved, because we are new creatures in Christ, now to live like those new creatures, to live like those sons and daughters of God, to put away the anger in our thoughts, in our words, and our deeds, and rather to show the love of God toward our neighbors and toward our enemies because God has shown his love toward us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your law. We thank you for the beauty 
of your law. We thank you for the breadth of your law. Truly, it is expansive, and Jesus teaches us that in Matthew 5. If we, Lord God, become complacent in our relationship with those around us, if we even this morning are in our hearts harboring resentment and anger, we pray that you would take those cold hearts and warm them because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ because he would go all the way to death that we might have new life. Lord God, may that truth encourage us, strengthen us, help us to live in a way that is pleasing to you because you have shown love to us. Help us to show love to others. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.